six-pack double feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. I know you said you were close, but you weren't going to upload it until you upload, you just did both at the same time. Yeah. And so I didn't see anything, so I figured you hadn't finished. No, I sat down to do it a little bit this morning before you got here. Editing Revenge Movies, which you guys heard last time. <laughs> here on Pick 6. Hey. I'm not Travis. I'm not Nathan. How you doing there, fucko? I'm doing all right. I had a bit of a late night last night. I've been awake for about two hours. So why not have so a why not have a why not have a frosty frosty, frosty narragansett? <laughs> just so you guys know, it is at least almost eleven a.m. So and it's a Saturday and it's a Saturday, which is perfect because we're talking Saturday night movies. You ever heard the phrase, anything's a dildo if you're brave enough? I have. Anything's a Saturday night movie if you watch it on Saturday night, right? But. Uh, <laughs> well, yes. For me, they're kind of like, they're not necessarily date movies, but they're like destination movies. I think it'll make, it's like the big shit movie of the last year. I have a couple of those. Okay. Um, maybe something that like you never saw in the theater. There's definitely one that meets that criteria in my list. Um, that you never saw in the theater, right? For for one, most reasons, because you don't go to the theater a lot. No, no, also. no. This, well, this movie came out in 1991, oh, so yeah. I would have oh, oh, oh. I would have had to get a ride or walk several miles. But <laughs> um, it might be one of those like I don't think I put Roadhouse on here, but like Roadhouse is definitely a Saturday night movie around here. Okay, um, and a Christmas Day movie. <laughs> Roadhouse takes off a lot of boxes. <laughs> 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 I said, I'm certain that our lists will be vastly different. They will. But typically, at least for the past 14 years or so, Lisa and I have always leaned towards either comedies, romantic comedies, or like suspense thrillers. They're like, these are date night movies okay. for us. So that's what... Lisa, not an action... She is, but we'll watch... These are just kind of our favorite okay. for okay. Saturday night kind of fare. Okay. But... It doesn't matter what right. we watch. It's all opinion-based. I'm not going to only just watch this movie specifically on Saturday night only, and that's it. No, but... But these, for us, these work better because these would be kind of date night movies. For me, too, some of them, like, you have to give them the proper attention. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to take away from my list, but some of them, something like The Godfather. Mm -hmm. um, you can't just pop that in on a Wednesday night. So, that said... I think our barbecue sauce here is opinion based. <laughs> what? Uh, Mine's mustard based. <laughs> fucking South Carolina <laughs> ass. Mustard based. What's your number six? F you, man. What are you doing here? F you, mother effer. Okay. Okay. What do you want? You have no idea what you have done to us. What? When you missed your reservation at Claw, you ruined our lives. 
What are you talking about? We didn't miss anything, you dumbass. We saw the two goons casing the place out, so we took off. Man, what is it to you? What are you, the reservation police or yeah. something? What's it to you? Yeah. Well, as it so happens, we didn't have a reservation, so we took yours, and now they think that we're you. You, you just took our reservation? Who does that? Yeah, what kind of people are you? Who cares? Oh it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Who does that? Wait, wait, wait. How did you find us anyway? I stole your number from the reservation list. That's smart. Thank you. Uh, it took me a minute. I knew it was Mila Kunis. I obviously knew it was Steve Carell. Pretty sure it was James Franco. Then once I heard Tina Fey, I knew what movie it was. What movie is that? Date Night. Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> that's That's... One of our more newer favorites. Yeah. And is there, as new as 10 years ago. Is that as, the only one they've done together? Tina Fey and Steve Carell? I'm not sure. It feels like it is, but I'm guessing maybe, since you guys watch it more than once, it's, their chemistry is probably pretty good. It is. It seemed, um, it seemed odd to me. Yeah. It's just in New York City, uh, a case of mistaken identity turns a bored married couple's attempt at a glamorous and romantic evening into something more. This was pretty much the perfect vehicle, I thought, for Steve Carell and um, Tina Fey to, uh, to star in. They play off of each other really well, and most of it has to do with their comedic chops. You sure, know? sure, sure. And so, and how great their chemistry really is. And so, while most of the couple's predicaments feels like it was kind of dreamt up by a screenwriter, which it pretty much is, sure, uh, their on-screen marriage feels very real. Okay. And the way they express certain things to each other, their frustrations about things that you would initially think is kind of petty. It's just – it works really well. And so it's just a fun, outlandish kind of comedy that gets in and out at about 90 minutes. It doesn't stay too Didn't long. did Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin do one kind of similar, like the out-of-towners? Yeah, and I think that was a remake too. But yeah, something like that. It's similar in tone to that? Similar in tone to that. Okay. I, I, I love the two of them. I just – I didn't know if I'd – it's worth one pass for you, yeah. I think. Okay. If you come across it on not Netflix, since you don't watch Netflix, but not a, Amazon or not a ton, whatever. But, but okay. Yeah, date night. That's a good pick. Um, the one that first sprang to mind for me was Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah. I, I see that. I totally see that. That was the one that, for whatever reason, I never. My dad rarely went to the theater, and my mom would have not wanted to sit through Terminator 2. But you bet your ass when it was available on video. Uh-huh. It was one of those. We all fucking watched it uh, on our 24-inch like CRT, and it was it was huge, man. It was like – I remember we got uh, – would have been Pizza King. That's my dad's pizza place, the Pizza King. It was almost like – fuck, it might have been like a Father's Day or something. It was almost like, let's do, what's dad want to do? I want to watch Terminator 2, and I want to eat Pizza King. But – out here in Murfreesboro, it's called Sir Pizza. <laughs> yeah, there was a Sir Pizza. There was a Sir Pizza one town over in Union City for a while back in the day, but it was it's the same thing. Yeah, um, and uh, feast like royalty. <laughs> yeah, I just remember watching it. Like we were, we were just like, whoa! Like the first one was good, but this is like it was miles. Big. Up, it was miles above and beyond what the first one could ever have been. In 91, it was like just groundbreaking action. It's still yeah, and pretty it's, fucking good, yeah. too. Um, the only nitpick thing for me is always that jump down on the motorcycle down into that. And you can tell that's not Arnold. And it's so obvious because the movement's so slow. 
Uh, as nitpicky as that is, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if but you, yeah, it it holds up really well. If you want to take a weird, gritty sci-fi movie and then blow it the fuck up exponentially, like. 30 times Cameron is your guy. He yeah. did it with Aliens and he did it with uh, Terminator 2. He made a slasher movie and turned it into an action movie seven years later or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he took a horror movie and turned it into an action movie with from Alien and he adapted yeah. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see that Cameron is your guy for something like that. It's really until I know you and I differ on if there's any good sequels and which ones we think are good but this really was like up until, in my opinion, up until Genesis, and even Dark Fate, a little bit, this was the last. This is where the good, story ended. This is where the last good right. Terminator yeah, thing yeah, happened. Yeah. It was thirty fucking years ago. Yeah, and they kept trying to go back to because this is un, it's almost untoppable. You know, they had to they had to go like almost parallel universe to compete with this. Yeah, I don't understand too. It's just like let it go. No, we need to make more money. We, yeah. Well, it's weird. Well, Arnold's it's, getting old. Arnold's getting old. We'll never be able to do it again. It's kind of like who owns the rights. It's like they're owned by so many different production companies. Just wait. Disney will own it eventually. <laughs> exactly. But no. Term- Terminator. A Disney story. Terminator 2. That's my number six. What's your number five? I went old school uh, mystery thriller with uh, Rear Window. Ooh, okay. That makes that makes total sense. It's the granddaddy of voyeuristic suspense films, starring you know Jim Carrey as L.B. Jeffries, a photographer. Who Jim Carrey? Did I say Jim Carrey? I thought you, I said you, sure, Jim... you sure as shit said Jim Carrey. Wow, I read Jimmy Stewart and I said Jim Carrey. Were you thinking of Jim Carrey's impression of him? No, actually, it really wasn't. I that's... just my that's where my mind. Well, the human jumped. brain is a soft, weird computer, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I need a reboot. <laughs> Speaking of, you should probably save your podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. Save the recording. But then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to. And you won't be able to take your eyes off the glowing beauty of Grace Kelly, who shares the heart and curiosity of James Stewart in this story of a romance shadowed by the terror of a horrifying secret. Rear Window, Sunday on Fox. <laughs> We're back. All fresh and saved. Not fresh and shaved. So, Rear Window, yes. Not starring... Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. But starring Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, he plays the photographer after his accident. He's got, it's both casts. Both both? legs. I think it was just one. I'm fairly certain both legs are in the cast. Both legs, same cast. (laughs) He's a mermaid. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've had times where you just don't, you can't get up. You have a hard time getting up to do something at any point in time. It's called being lazy, Nathan. Well, just in general and just letting your imagination kind of run wild. And that's pretty much what Stewart's character, LB Jeffries kind of does in this. You and I were texting yesterday, uh, about raising hope. Right. Have you gotten to the episode where they parody this yet? I don't think so. It's really fucking good. I'm almost done with season one. Oh no. It's like season three or four. Um, I mean, we talked about it when we talked about the Burbs. The Burbs is basically sort of a nod to this because right. Ray's is, are they, are they not? And I've never actually seen Rear Window, but I've seen enough parodies of it. To Have you ever seen Rear Window? No. And g- g- Jim, Jimmy Stewart's a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> what? Please, continue. <laughs> He's a... He's a Werther's candy of a man at this he point. He is a Werther's candy of a man, and there's no way I think that he would have Grace Kelly. 
<laughs> Fucking Magoo. Uh, um, but I think it's fun. It's just he's armed with just his imagination, a, a pair of binoculars and a telephoto lens. That's why it's a good pick because it requ- uh, for a Saturday Night Movie, it's, in my opinion, because it requires you to like engage with it. You have to focus on it and what's going on because yes. you never leave his apartment. That's yeah. That's pretty brilliant for a movie in 1954. Has it ever been made into like a stage play? Uh, possibly. I know that, that it was be- remade in the... Was it the 90s? 1999 with Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And I think he directed it as well. Very possibly. Um, that was I a good... That was a, I'm not being funny. That was a good choice for him to do. Yeah. I thought so as well. Um, what's just so fun is, as I stated before, he can't leave the apartment. So you can't leave... With him. With him. Yeah. You're stuck with him it's regardless. The, Everyone else can go. You're, you're, you're omniscient, but you're basically you got his point of view. Yeah. It yeah. also does a really good job at the very opening scene. You see the whole courtyard and everything that's kind of going on. I have on. seen that. I have and seen that. And the show. camera moves around even into his apartment. And then you see that he's a photographer, all these different things. And then you see the picture that he took right before the accident, yeah. which he, uh, I think it's a, a race car crashes right by him. And that's the reason why uh, okay. he's in. Okay. Both of his legs are in casts. That's but, a good pick. But yeah, he's master master suspense. I think that is probably one and two of my favorite films. That and North by Northwest are my two. Like, North by Northwest is good. You and I watched that. Favorite. That was going to be one of the original uh, double features. Was North by Northwest and anyway. <laughs> Your number five is Rear Window. Yep. My number five. You cannot, in my opinion properly watch Goodfellas on a weeknight. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Unless you have the day off. Unless you have like, the next day Kind of like you're gonna, Godfather. Yeah. yeah. You have to give it the proper attention. Now, you've stated before that if you hear that line... The opening line? Yeah. You're... Fuck it. I'm going to be late the to only work thing, tomorrow. The only thing that you can do is turn away. All you hear are cars driving by yeah. and the credits zipping by like yep. the traffic. If you... If you Get <laughs> once, once there. It's not the opening line, but it's close to it. They're in the car, and then all you hear is dig, 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 dig. the fuck is that? Yep. The fuck is that? And then they pull over, and if, then one. Yeah, if one, I yeah. see that, it's over. Yeah, it's I over. Have, You're like, I, I'm, I'm, God I'm in it. it. God damn it! I'm gonna go ahead and call. I guess in I'm right not now. mowing the lawn tonight. <laughs> I only have about an hour's left of sunlight. Because you fucking. <laughs> I mean, that opening scene, dude. And I could be biased because I've seen Goodfellas a thousand times, but right. you immediately love those characters. They're so rich. They're pieces of shit, but you love the. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so rich. Yeah. Like they're three dimensional. Oh, like, oh, imme- like immediately, and yeah. it's. Nothing short of Scorsese's directing, but they're also brilliant fucking actors. Yeah. It's another one that immediately popped into my head because, like I said, you have to give it the proper attention. I mean, you could pause it and come back the next night, but mm, is that really – do you really want to do that? Do you really want to like – The only time I pause a movie is when it's just too late and I'm just shut it off because I got to go to bed. Yeah, but – And that's – I'm not gonna Rare. pull out. I'm not gonna pull out, pull out Goodfellas or, and start watching it and be like, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna watch this a little bit and then maybe a Friday night movie, but usually Saturday night. Jamie and I are both like, bested. and the last third of that movie is just on, it's on cocaine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like it is nonstop. 
it's it can't it's, slow it's, down. You can't slow it down, and you have to keep watching. And you end up feeling like when that last scene with the helicopter, you feel as strung out as he looks. You're like, oh, God yeah. damn, I'm tired for you. Jesus, take a fucking Well, nap. and what's worse, I think not worse, but what, what's funny is the first time I watched Goodfellas and I just thought he was paranoid. I yeah. just thought that he was high and yep. he was in his own head. And he was fucking paranoid. Yep. And he and was. Then, and he was. But he was right. But he was right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Do you get frustrated with his babysitter as well? <laughs> About the fucking hat? <laughs> yeah. If it's yeah. that fucking important, why did you why did you not bring it? And like I'm not really a superstitious kind of guy, but oh, yeah. I'll definitely like I got my got a couple little things I, I have do. to have my hat. It's I they never they never said anything, but I honestly believe that she was potentially in on with the... I wonder if she was in real life in the story. Maybe. Anyway, uh, yeah, we pull out Goodfellas probably three or four times a year. That's why it's my number five, Goodfellas. What's your number four? But you cannot make friends with the rock stars. Okay, if you're going to be a true journalist, you know, a rock journalist, the first number you get paid much. But you will get free records from the record company. <laughs> Fucking nothing about you that is controversial, man. God, it's gonna get ugly, man. They're gonna buy you drinks. You're gonna meet girls. They're gonna try to fly you places for free, offer you drugs. And I know it sounds great. But these people are not your friends. You know, these are people who want you to write sanctimonious stories about the genius of rock stars, and they will ruin rock and roll and strangle everything we love about it. You know, because they're trying to buy respectability for a form that is gloriously and righteously dumb. You know, and you're smart enough to know that. And the day it ceases to be dumb is the day it ceases to be real. Right? And then right. it just becomes an industry of cool. I, I mean, I'm telling you, you're coming along at a very dangerous time for rock and roll. I mean, the war is over. They won. 99% of what passes for rock and roll these days, silence is more compelling. And that's why I think you should just turn around, go back, you know, and be a lawyer or something. I can tell from your face that you won't. I can give you 35 bucks. Give me a thousand words on Black Sabbath. An assignment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to pick a clip for this movie. I can see why. <laughs> Do you not know what it is? Fucking hate Almost Famous. I that, hate that movie. Good God. I don't understand you. Why do you hate these things that are just so great? I, I don't know. That movie is just fucking dumb, dude. I know it's based on a true story, and I usually love Cameron Crowe's work. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just dumb. It's <laughs> some of what he. Hey, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. Okay, I love him. Uh, I don't know. I've never liked it. Her, she. Uh, I don't know where to start. I hate his dumb head. I hate his haircut. I. Her character is. I don't sympathize with her. I don't like her. I'm not slut shaming. I just don't. <laughs> You've touched a nerve, man. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. None of I don't buy any of it. It doesn't. It doesn't ring anything in me. And now I agree with a lot of what his character was saying there about ninety percent of what passes for rock and roll. These and that statement can be 
turned over every generation. Or oh, so, absolutely. But, and I could definitely give you a thousand words on Black Sabbath. <laughs> anyway, that's your. I've stolen some thunder. <laughs> it is the semi-autograph. Oh man, now I can't say that word either. I'm to get it. Got a semi-autobiographical story of Cameron Crowe as a teenage writer for the Rolling Stone, and based on his experience touring with rock bands. And it follows William Miller as he's been tasked with an assignment to follow an up-and-coming band called Stillwater. Uh, I just I who is Stillwater supposed to be? And. Are they an amalgamation? I think so. Okay. Um, I love Jason Lee in that role. I think he plays it perfectly, that type of character. Okay. No, and you're good. So, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm thinking of something I else. Just... We were talking about Raising Hope. They parody a scene in... Uh, he plays an old rock star. I've seen that Smokey one. Floyd. Yeah. yeah they par- they... Yes. Okay. I don't want to tell you too much, but it's also uh, uh, my, uh, my name is Earl, bit of mini reunion on... That episode, and they, okay, they, yeah. they, they parody the airplane scene. Anyway. <laughs> I'm gay! <laughs> yeah. And then the plane levels up. Mm. I find the film just as much funny as it is dramatic. Um, and I think it's fun watching William's journey, losing his virginity, falling in love with someone that's definitely not going to love him back. Right. And, and in essence, meeting like his musical heroes. And I, I enjoy... That movie, I think that movie is is fun and endearing. Um, I don't know why you have so much vitriol for the film, I, but uh, none of it fires for me. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like Frances McDormand's character. You're not supposed to like. I her. know, but I don't even. <sighs> You're not supposed to like her. You, she's an overbearing mother. No, I know, but I don't like that. It's her that I don't like. I don't like. Bro, she is not she is not gonna love you. Fucking move on, dude. She is <laughs> a rock and roll cum so dumpster. We, had to, we have to spend Christmas and celebrate Christmas in like September it's when it's not commercialized because Christmas has been too commercialized. It's just it's just I get it. It's I understand I don't know, man. Partly where you're coming from with some things, but I think it's a great film. Uh, I think it's one of Crowe's better pictures. I know that he's I'm in a. I know I'm. I might even be the only person on this side of that line. I I I remember watching this when it like when it came out like on might have been VHS or DVD where I watched it, but it was it was 2000, so it was who yeah, knows it. Yeah. That was the straddling I was point of your watching sure. it at a friend's house, and I was like, this movie is fucking stupid. I don't like it. And I never have. Huh. Anyway, sorry. I don't mean to. Did you piss in your cornflakes? I do like that scene where Jason Lee's character gets the shit shocked out of him because somebody hasn't grounded the mic. Right. It's been a couple, three years since. Yeah. I've I've seen this last. I've seen it twice. Yeah. I did. I tried. Man. First time not to like it. Second time to reaffirm that you didn't like the it. The second time to like. Truly prove the point. Like, do I? Okay, I was an angry young man. Maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. It's like, I'm going to watch it as a less angry older man. Nope, still fucking hate it. I know you like my number four. I saw it on two separate Saturday nights. One in May 1993 when it came out. And then later that summer, 
1993 at the drive-in. Must be Jurassic Park. It is Jurassic Park. <laughs> Friend of the show, uh, Elizabeth Garcia, this is uh, one of her two uh, ideal drive-in double feature movies. Uh, there's a shout-out to. Her other would be uh, Independence Day. Okay. We those speak. those are good, those too. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, that would be a fun pick six to do, um, drive-in double features. It was just as good in the indoor theater with my friend as it was at the drive-in with my mom and I believe a friend. I don't remember what the other movie was because it's just like, fuck, they're so much bigger on the drive-in screen. Yeah. I think what works so well with that movie is how they – how Spielberg is able to blend the two between CGI and practical. They still look really fucking good. Yeah. There's like maybe one scene that you can kind of see the seams a little bit. And sure. that's the flock of uh, whatever they are. They're like a flock of birds. Yeah. They're moving like a flock of birds. But that's the only one where Is it that in the first of, one? Yeah, that's in the first I've, one. I've seen part of the second one. Because to me, you... I, I I had no interest in seeing the third one or any of the reboots because that movie to me is is like like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Now I'll watch Jaws sequels, but I enjoy that kind of thing. But to me, Jurassic Park is it's un, it's unfuckwithable as the kids say. That you can't top it, and you can't top Jaws either. But I appreciate the because when they when they do Jaws sequels, they're not trying to top it. Right, they're just cashing in. When they're doing Jurassic Park sequels, I feel like, I mean, they're cashing in for sure, but they're, the, they're trying to top I was it, at and the, you can't. It's like I, Terminator. I was at the height, or close to the height of my, uh, I think Spielberg's my favorite direct, my like favorite director of all time, and so that was when the second one came out. That's when I had come to that Did he do the second one? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm I sure I still enjoy, there's so many just... Really fun sequences. It's not as great a story. You know, they're capitalizing on the popularity popularity of Vince Vaughn, and so they put him in the movie. And, oh, does and, he talk all shitty to the dinosaur like he does the waitress in that movie? No, but, yeah. um, no, but I, ask, I, I, enjoy, I still enjoy the 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 sequel, and I enjoy. I've enjoyed one of the the Jurassic World. The first one was quite fun, but aren't they just like versions like what star Wars did? There's just, just, it's a rehash and it's like at some point I find it funny too, because it's like universal really wants to cash in on a lot of its IP to make additional sequels and reboots. And it's just like, they're working on their ninth fast and furious. That's all universal Jurassic park, universal jaw stuff, universal. I mean, it's just, I've heard rumors of a Jaws reboot. Is that going to... I don't know. I, but if they try to touch Jaws, <laughs> there will be... There will be blood. <laughs> there will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> I always look at... I, I, it's I hope, a perfect popcorn yeah, flick. Yeah. I, I always hold Saturdays in such regard because I fucking hated going to school when I was yeah. a kid. And then later, as most people are... Most people are. I don't like working. <laughs> I want the weekend. Uh, and Saturday night is like a fucking anything. The weekend is has always been this thing for me. Like you don't have to. You don't have to be anywhere for like two days. You, anything could happen. If you yeah. had. If you had enough money, you could fly to China and then fly right back. You could do anything you want. And Saturday night was like the pinnacle of that. I get that. And this yeah. is just like a, a Tasmanian devil rollicking ball of like popcorn, buttery smell. Like adventure, fun, a little bit of drama. Well, going looking back now, it's a little like heightened, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, dinosaurs. It, this might be the Saturday night movie. Yeah, I I, I, I get that. Um, it's it's kind of like Spielberg at the height. Like uh, I can top myself, and he does like sure like with all of his other big blockbusters. He just he does it again. This might be the only movie I've seen in theaters twice. Really? Let me check. Yep, it's the only movie I've seen in theaters twice. Anyway, Jurassic Park, that's my number four. What's your number three? My number three uh, is from 2002, starring Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix, called Signs. Mm. Uh, While I still think it's kind of up for debate, I would state that this (laughs) is probably M. Night Shyamalan's last good film. Okay. I'm laughing for another reason. (laughs) We'll find out later. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of M. Night Shyamalan. I think, it's his, no, I think it's his last good film, at least for a decade. Until? Uh, when he did Split. Okay, and that's with uh, James... McAvoy. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's in the same universe as Unbreakable, and then they completely screwed the pooch with a third movie, which really sucked, called Glass. Glass. I haven't yeah. seen that either. Uh, Sorry. Didn't yeah, that's okay. With science, the film takes place in rural Pennsylvania where crop circles just have appeared on his farm as well as in the surrounding areas. And as the story progresses, you start to get the idea that some weird shit is going on around town, in fact, across the country as well as in other parts of the world. Like I, I when we saw – I saw that movie in the theater. My cousin was my roommate at the time. And we saw that, and he normally does not get scared or jump in a theater. And when you see that, like, green figure kind of pass by the camera on, like, the user's found footage thing, mm-hmm. he jumped, I swear, <laughs> like, three feet out of his chair. at scared the ever-living shit out of him. <laughs> I laughed so hard because it was just – I. I love watching other people get like spooked because uh-huh. I love getting spooked as well. And so seeing that happen was just – that was worth the price of admission. See, when I watch horror, I don't so much like being spooked myself. I like the – I like the good jump scares. I like the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I, and I like just how schlocky that some horror can be. Right. And I like how other directors like Shyamalan can take horror and not be artsy-fartsy with it, but – Put kind of an X Files y spin on it, or right. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe I enjoy being startled. I don't know. I just, I just really enjoyed. I think Shyamalan was very much at probably at the top of his game making this movie. He probably had the most clout in Hollywood after making a couple of fairly w- decent. W- was pictures. this before or after the Village? Uh, before okay. his next one was I, the Village. I really like the Village. Jamie fucking hates it. Like she still gets as angry as I get about Almost Famous. She gets about the Village. It's a cheap the, – the movie's cheap. It's a cheap In ending. One, the, che- the ending is a total cheap – No, I love that ending. No. Oh, it's the best, man. It's a Twilight Zone ripoff. His problem is is he has to keep going with a twist. Yeah. That's his that's, problem. That's his the, – yeah. The but same I, way the, the worst thing Queens of the Stone Age ever did was get Dave Grohl to drum on that album because now they have to match that. Yeah, and they can't. They, um, and they can't. But I think he did a really good job with ratcheting up the suspense factor in that film, trying to get as many good jump scares as he could. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I think it really works with signs. Um, it's a different kind of scary, spooky alien invasion movie. And, you know, there's, of course, that twist at the end. Sure. Uh, which is kind of lame in, in some regards because they don't like water. 
Spoilers. <laughs> Alert. Um, what do they have with dinner? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Pepsi. Yeah. That's <laughs> <was> too sweet. <laughs> uh, I just think that the film works, and it's just that that slow build of dread and suspense in the town on his property and eventually – you know, in his house, like when you see the leg pull in from the cornfield mm-hmm. and there's just things that you just catch out of the corner of your eye that you're seeing like on screen that just works so he, well with that. He gives his viewers. I just, it feels least, like a good old school. Yeah. Suspense. Hitchcockian in a yeah. way. Cause he doesn't they go thought like, he was Hey, did you see this? Hitchcock. Did you see this over yeah. here? He just lets it be on screen and yeah. he lets you, the viewer see it or not. And then he shows you again at the end. That's my number three, and we'll keep, I might have to go back to the village because it's been so long. I may rewatch it at some point. We'll keep talking about M Night Shyamalan with my number three, which is The Sixth Sense. And that's, <laughs> that's why a I, good one. That's why I laugh when you said it. It's this was. I think that's his best film, The Sixth Sense, because of the layers of. I do as well. I haven't seen all uh, of his stuff. Like his craft, I think in in, in his writing, I think the layers uh, that of the thought that went into that movie. I think that's why I think The Sixth Sense is his best film. It's a Kaiser Soze level reveal at yes. the end. Like, I that was one. This is one of those that jumped out at me too. It was like, what? You haven't seen the six? Come on, dude! And we went and fucking rented it. Mm-hmm. And I was at a friend's house and watching it. And I was like, okay, it's a slow burn. Ooh, I like this. Is like it's another one of those. Like, I like. I, his, I never really thought about it, but yeah, it is I love Kaiser his twist Soze on twist. horror because I'm talking about not liking to be scared necessarily. And it's like it's like when he's talking to the dead people. It's like. Kind of like the first uh, pet cemetery, uh-huh. like the usually zombies or dead people are like that. You're like you're trying to run away from them, and they're like they're 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 hapless, mindless automaton ghouls. They're not there to help you. Like in this, and the monsters here are they're not necessarily friends, but they're definitely not foes, right? Right. And then like the reveal that the little girl's mom was poisoning her with the with the baby <sighs> cam. It's fucking gut-punching horror yeah. dude it's fucking and before it even happens when he's just there at the wake and he sits under the table and then the ghost version he just yeah <laughs> you're like uh, have you ever uh, been like uh, have you ever had a cousin or a sibling lock you in a closet like they do to him at that no, party thank god and that happens fucking hate those children i fucking hate those kids too that every shit time that happens and it almost makes me cry because i feel so bad for yeah it's it awful at that moment because i was like I never saw dead people because, you know, movie, but like I was scared <laughs> of shit like that. And like that, like that might be one of my favorite horror movies now that I think about it, because it forces you to interact yeah. with the dead people instead of look away because it makes them a character, not it's like a non-playing character for you fucking Dungeons and Dragons people. Well, what also works is all of the scares and the tricks that the camera pulls are almost all like old school tricks. Yeah. You can't fake pulling out a bunch of drawers unless you make the camera move around, follow, and then you come back around. Like in Poltergeist. And then, yeah. and then all the drawers are pulled out, and it freaks her out. Do you ever and, watch Spaced? It's been a long time. There's a <laughs> there's a clip. There's an episode of uh, Spaced where they parody the scene where uh, somebody has hit a bicyclist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Come on! Come on! What is the holdup? There's been an accident. Somebody got her. Who? A lady. How'd you know? Because we hit her. Did we? Yeah, that's her there. What the hell do you think you're doing? It's broad bloody daylight. You people have no consideration for cyclists. 
Pardon? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's broad bloody daylight. You people have no consideration for cyclists. Right. What's your problem? That. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> this is the one where uh, I think you said it's his best. I think he he peaked as far as his craft because he now has to chase that dragon of like people expect oh no i get that yeah, people yeah, expect yeah. this out of me and that's why i like the village because i i don't necessarily watch his stuff looking for the twist no but i but i, I know it's coming so i just accept it well now but the problem is is it felt like a cheap parlor trick when you're like what's his next one okay now i'm looking for the twist why can't he just write something without a twist at the end i agree with that I agree with that. Like change your format, and that would have change your structure. I'll, I'll, I'll you know sign I mean? off on that. That would have been a fine way to end end, end the village because that was it is now thinking about it a second. It's kind of dumb. You're not going to get commerce to not fly over your fucking village, <laughs> but all everything else up to that, I appreciate. My personal favorite is Unbreakable. I think Signs is his best jump scare, like sure. at the height of his power in Hollywood. But I think his best film is uh now i can't think of the name of it six cents six cents <laughs> and this was like again before he had you knew to look yeah. for or wait for a twist it was like oh fuck yeah yeah this is the one just like with you with mike memento with like a lot of those movies when you find the end then you want to go back and rewatch it yep. and catch all of the yep. things that i now you interpret differently and because like, you know that character is dead to get bruce willis in that role was ballsy too. Ever tell you that it's I, hard to feel I, sorry I saw, for Bruce Willis? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like your heart breaks for his character because yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't know. Now, I told you. I don't know if I ever told you or if I told you on mic or not. The that I saw that as a um before it was actually released. I saw it get audience uh, reaction. Like, what is it? Were you part of like a study group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's cool. I didn't um, know that. They sold it as it's like Die Hard meets Poltergeist. It's starring <laughs> Bruce Willis. And I was just like, really? Okay. That's not what I was expecting. And for the most part, I remember it. They, I don't remember them changing much at all that I could recall. Because huh. when it became a huge like film that later that year, yeah. I did not see it again in the theater. But I ended up you know, buying it, it on you know, renting cool. it or whatever. But... Yeah. And you can say that about anything Bruce Willis is in because he doesn't really have any Die range. Die Hard meets Poltergeist. But he doesn't have any range, really. No, he doesn't. But it's not Die Hard. It's not an action movie. And so you can't really – you can't use that as a – I mean, I yeah. guess it's a great ploy to bring viewers in so well, you what get else an are you audience say? Like, reaction. It's an interesting – Horror drama starring Bruce Willis. No, don't walk away. No, no, no. Come on. Okay, it's like Die Hard meets Poltergeist. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I'm in. That's what would happen if yeah. you said it any other way. We have gone off the rails on uh, Shyamalan and Six Sense. Shyamalan family. <laughs> that's my number three, The Sixth Sense. What's your number two? How long you lived out here? Man, I don't know. I quit wearing a watch when I moved out here. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. No, like my cell phone has a clock on it, so I don't really need it. Right, so basically the same thing. How old are you? I don't really believe in age or numbers, you know? I don't... I mean, if you had to put a number on it, I guess I'd be... 40... Fuck! 
Thanks for taking me out here. Uh, this is the first time I've felt good in three weeks or so. You need to get back on that board is what you need to do. Yeah? Hey, here's the deal. When life gives you lemons, just say fuck the lemons and bail. Yeah, no, you said it, totally. You gotta just pull yourself up by your wetsuit, get back on that board. Hey, look, man, if you're attacked by a shark, are you gonna give up surfing? Probably, yeah. Oh, that's a great pick, dude. We actually watched that about two months ago on a Saturday night. I think Lisa put it on when she had a migraine the other day, just something in play in the background that's kind of just familiar. Sure. And that we, ugh, it's not a terribly familiar movie around here, but it's definitely uh, every couple of years we'll, we'll pull this it This is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, for those that don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jason Segel, Kristen Bell, Russell Brand, Mila Kunis. Not a, I'm, Kristen Bell, not my thing. I could forget Sarah Marshall pretty fucking fast, especially after I met. Mila yeah, Kunis. yeah, I I completely agree. But uh, watching his journey is just oh, <laughs> just so fun. He plays a great little. You know, he's like a modern sort of fucking Dustin Hoffman. Like he plays a good like little schlub. Even yeah. the fact that he's 17 feet tall or whatever. The giant dick he does hang dong <laughs> you've seen the unrated version that's the one where you're like whoa hey. that is jason and his seagull for the all right <laughs> well, that's... Kevin Bacon did you have for his money did you have did you have two moils whoa <laughs> Oy uh this movie is kind of high in the rotation order in our house oh really okay yeah yeah um 40 year old version anchorman sometimes super bad uh, definitely the TV show Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah. Um, I like happen- I love you. I like I love you, man, a lot too. Yeah, uh, I need to see that again. That one's fun. It's really fun. Um, Apatow, kind of like John Hughes, has had the ability for a period of time to create these really identifiable protagonists while also crafting like just hilarious comedies. Yeah. Um, and what's great is this one. I believe this was actually written by Jason Segel. He wrote that and that that the whole like He's, Dracula musical. He said it was and everything. Yeah, it was based on uh, a couple of actual uh, women he needed to forget. And it was funny I, earlier in the week when she was watching it, and I did not realize what she was watching. And so when I walked down the hallway and I hear him play the Seinfeld when. When he's scoring the TV show CSI, it was not CSI, it's crime scene, scene of the crime. Yeah. And I was just like, she's not watching Seinfeld. And then I realized what she was watching. <laughs> Can we go for something more dark and ominous, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but forgetting Sarah Marshall, there's just something so damn endearing about Jason Siegel's character. It really, uh, yeah. Peter, uh, you know, a musician <clears throat> who creates ominous scores for television crime dramas, including crime scene, scene of the crime. Which also stars his girlfriend, which is fine until. Who's the cop in it that keeps doing the uh, the Caruso trick with taking his glasses off and shit? Who's her partner? Oh, it's a Baldwin. I think it's oh, yeah. um, uh, William Billy, Billy, Billy yeah, Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Yeah. That's a good pick, dude. Any any Apatow adjacent or Apatow proper yeah. thing is. Especially in the two thousands era, like yeah, the late two, yeah, yeah, the late two thousands. I mean, like even, mid to mid to late yeah. usually. But, <laughs> and that's about one of the only movies that I particularly care for. Russell Brand. Not I a, think get yeah. him to the Greek. He plays. I've kind not of a, seen it because I don't like him. Um, it's the same character. Oh, so it's kind of a it's sequel. A, in the same. So it's that's in the why same, the, yeah, this it's has the same this is where my favorite line, one of my favorite lines, come from. <laughs> I guess I go fuck myself. Is what, that what it was? What's that? Mahalo. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's always Jonah Hill is always like he is a 
fucking great actor. Yeah. He's a great comedic actor because he doesn't he doesn't get greedy. Mm-hmm. He I mean your editor's going to ultimately take you in or take you out, but he does what serves the scene and what serves the material. And sometimes he falls a little short. Right. But but Most of the time, dude. It's on point. Yeah, I, I, I love, I love yeah, him. Yeah, it's just he's so endearing. The movie has just as much heart as it does laughs, and that's what we really like yeah. about those type of comedies. So it's it's really funny, too, because when you think about it, there's like there's a lot of Apatow movies where he did Knocked Up, and then he does another movie called This Is 40, which mm-hmm. basically stars, stars Paul Rudd and his wife. His wife, yeah. that, that character, those two characters – are the main uh, focus of this is forty? But I it's need to the go same. back. I so did there's not, a lot of movies that kind of ha- intertwine the same universe. I did not realize that. Yeah, huh? This is I, forty was not as entertaining as I was hoping it to be. No, I, we just watched it recently. I didn't. I think I didn't hate it, but I like Leslie Mann, but she's almost this specific character a little too. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. It's like two levels to you know, like take those down like about two notches or you're not endearing. Yeah, I didn't hate you. I didn't Yeah, I didn't like her. I mean I didn't hate her, but anyway, we're yeah. not talking about this is <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. So forgetting Sarah Marshall, that's my number two. My number two, I lied. It's Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> that is like You sneaky bastard. That is one of the like Saturday night movies around here. I would we've talked about it. I won't go into. Do you put it on any time though? Or is no, it no, no. It's 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 either a Friday or Saturday. It, okay. it, it's it, it's it a, can fill either shoe. It's a Bo Jackson. It's a good okay. utility. It can do anything. Player. It's a okay. Deion Sanders. Um, definitely, if I want to really like surprise Jamie, like we'll have like okay, yeah. We, it's like usually on Sunday nights we make homemade pizzas, but every now and again on like a Saturday we'll do something like that. And it's like okay, okay, she's got the kitchen under control. I'll go to the DVD shelf and I'll pick like. Four things. I'll right. pick like Goodfellas, Roadhouse, Lone Wolf, McQuaid, you know, something like Terminator Two. Usually not Die Hard. I usually keep Die Hard for Christmas, but you know, your bigger actiony Saturday yeah. Night movies, and I'll go like, okay, A or B, and like I'll have two in each hand behind my back, and you know, A or B. Like, okay, she'll go, okay, B, and I'm like that instantly narrows it down between Roadhouse and Goodfellas, and I'll go like, okay, and then I switch the hands, and I'm like, A or B, she'll go. B. I'm like, oh, you could have had Roadhouse, but it's Goodfellas tonight. She was like, no, that's fine. Or it's the other way around. <laughs> oh, you could have had Goodfellas, but don't fear. We're watching Roadhouse. And the, re- the reaction is always, yes! And it's fucking on. Roadhouse. That's my number two. <laughs> it's fucking on. <laughs> What's your number one? Uh, my number one is it stars Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Came out in 2000, called What Lies Beneath. Okay, yeah, I thought. Uh, it's one of the last few uh, Zemeckis films that I've really cared for. I've never, I've done. never seen it. Didn't um, look interesting to me at the uh, time. It's we tend to go back to this one quite a bit because it's an old school kind of thriller, old school tactics with its suspense, with some jump scares and things of that. Um. Because when I did some research, I'm like, oh, he went back and just used kind of like his old – what he did way back when. And I realized that he worked on television shows like Tales from the Crypt. Oh, that's right. He did. And um, and so he makes this really stylish and slick old school supernatural thriller. 
and it stars Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford as a couple who have just recently uh, their daughter has just left for college, and so they're empty nesters. And she's having she's struggling. She's having a hard time with her one and only baby has left, and she eventually thinks that she's being haunted by like a neighbor has been killed recently, and she's trying to let her know that something's happened. And so I'm not going to go into spoiling everything, but you know, granted the movie's 20 years old, but this film just has a really good payoff. Okay. Um, it's okay. not a twist. It's just a good payoff at the end. Um, and that's what we really like about those is just there's a lot of those classic tropes. Uh, tropes. Not tropes. But well, they're kind of, they are tropes to a degree. But when, they're, but when they're done well, sure. they don't feel as tropey, I guess you could say. Spoiler um, alert. Tune in next time for our <laughs> pick six whatever, tropes. tropes. <laughs> I think that's coming up either next week or the week after uh, <laughs> whenever we do it. Um but what was also fun about this one is Zemeckis, while he was shooting uh, Castaway, mm-hmm. Castaway, he shot this in the break with in the Tom between. Hanks. Yeah, I love that. The same way uh, Coppola like, did with the conversation, right? Between Godfathers. Yeah. <laughs> what am I and doing so, between Godfathers? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's still one that Lisa and I enjoy and go back to probably at least once every couple of years, usually around October. Does it have any humor element to it? There's a little bit of humor, okay. but it's it's mostly straight like yeah. suspense horrorish. But they have thing. a good chemistry together too. And okay. that's Michelle Pfeiffer and I have no problem with that. And with her it's Harrison Ford, she has no problem with that. So <laughs> there's no objections to us watching that movie whatsoever. <clears throat> Sometimes back in the day, all of my buddies and I would get together. Sometimes we'd be like, dude, check this movie out. Sometimes it'd be like, dude, check this movie out. And other times you'd twist up a big fucking joint. You call the pizza guy, and you put on the only unofficial National Lampoon's movie, Caddyshack. <laughs> Arguably Chevy Chase at his top. Caddyshack or Fletch, you could argue. It's his peak, but Caddyshack hits on all cylinders. And it literally, if you hadn't seen it for a couple years, just done with your buddies. You're going to say the lines, but you're going it, to... It's still, like, you still laugh... <laughs> I haven't watched that one enough, or I did not watch that one enough at oh, man. at the right time. My uncle says the, you got a screw loose. Yeah, well, your uncle molests collies. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> but I, sometimes I feel like the movie it it very much feels disorganized, and there's a lot of just it's vignette after vignette after vignette. And I I understand. You should go back and rewatch it. I mean, it's not fucking Hamlet by but, any means, uh, look, but there's an overarching. Through line, even though oh, I under, I know there is, but um, it does it has it still had influence on me because every once in a while, if I see a piece of poop sitting somewhere, I'll yell "Duty!" <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, it's not floating in a pool, and it's not a baby Ruth, <laughs> but that's funny. That, that almost always comes back when we <laughs> uh, the same group of friends back in the day when we would go play golf. We all were smokers, right? And we would do like. I can't, uh, Denunzio when they're playing the tournament and he shakes it off and takes a cigarette just throws it on the ground takes a shot and then picks it back up we would do that all the time like just about there being fucking asshole early 20 somethings like I mean we were respectful but we were definitely smoking on the golf course and you just throw your cigarette down and the grass would catch it it wasn't gonna like right. catch on fire immediately just long enough for you to take your shot pick your cigarette back up walk off to the next one I have a little more respect for the movie after watching that 
the Netflix movie about uh, drunk, dead, and stoned. What is it? What What was his name? Doug. Not Doug Kenny. It was Doug something. I can't. It was remember. Doug something or, or Doug something or other. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what a Jewish name. <laughs> was that Slavic? <laughs> um, yeah, Caddyshack is my number one. Uh, that's that still gets Saturday Night Play around here. Um, this would be one that we could revisit. I think. Yeah. At some point. I think that the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon might be able to be revisited in a, in a year or two. Yeah. Um, let's look for that coming up later this year, gang. Sunday afternoon movies. Um, but next time. What do we do? Oh. We're doing tropes. No. We're not. We're not. Well, then I'm going to have to skip a page because tropes is next in my. my, my... We're doing a good remakes. Ooh, okay. That's going to be a good fun one, too. Remakes or reboots. Okay. Well, we can do either one. No, no, no. It's a surprise. Next time you get an episode, it's going to be one of those two. No, next time is going to be uh, good remakes. We'll do that. Good remakes or reboots. Yeah. I think we're probably going to have. Some uh, I don't know. I think, know. I think we will. In the meantime, gang, what you can do, go to your socials, like us, follow us, rate us, review us, tell a friend. What did you say? Tell an enemy? Tell anybody, really. They don't have to like you. They just have to like us. Shout it from a mountaintop. <laughs> um, stickers, hopefully I've got those available. I put the order in uh, as you and I are sitting here, but as you guys are listening to it, they're probably available. Dollar uh, shipped. Very cool. Again, a uh, friend of the show, Lily Bruin, did that design for us. And the good folks over at Rock and Monkey made the little uh, sparkly stickers. Nice. So put those on your water bottles, on your car. Put them on anywhere, someone else's car. Anywhere that you want something to stick. Um. <laughs> anywhere that has a flat, clean surface. I want to use a little bit of Windex. Clean that off first. Yeah. yeah it's got to stay. Um, we'll see you next time, gang. Be good to each other and... If you do nothing else, staff the Moors. Pick Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t shirt and sticker at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. <laughs>